Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Our guest today is Chuck Cooper, managing member at Whitewater Consulting and author of a brand spanking new book called Unprecedented, building a multi-generational business on trust, respect, and the valuing of people, which we plan to discuss on our show today. With that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Chuck Cooper. Welcome, Chuck. Good morning, Brian. It's great to be with you today. It's, it's great to be with anybody today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've got to know you over the last, uh, uh, let's say, six months or so. Uh, you and I both belong to a community of business executives uh, and we're introduced by Matt Doherty, who wrote the forward to your book. And uh, it's been a pleasure because I feel like we swim in the same swimming pool. We definitely do, Brian. And I think the, the fact that I think our, our passions, there's a lot of over, overlap in the passions that we have as far as a community that we serve and, and really how we really want to be able to, to help our small and mid-sized business community become more successful. Right, right. And I love, you know, where, where you are, where your expertise lies is definitely a, uh, a weak spot for me. So I try and glom as much information from you as I possibly can so I can sound halfway intelligent. <laughs> you know, Brian, before uh, our uh, discussion this morning, I, I spent some time actually going back and, and listening to some of your uh, earlier podcasts. Oh, okay. uh, and I just want to give a plug to uh, one of the uh, episodes that you had, which was with uh, Whitney Johnson. Oh, um, yeah. For the, for, the, for the listeners, I want to encourage you, please go back and listen to that interview with her. She is spot on with the, uh, the current, uh, really, really the uh, current environment that our small and mid-sized business owners are dealing with. And when it comes back to the people. So please go back and take a listen to that. There's yeah. so much wisdom there. She is fantastic. So I've had her on a couple of times. So uh, as I imagine, I will have you on a couple of times. Uh, she's great, though. She wrote a book called uh, um, Growth. It's about how, how to grow, smart growth, how to grow your company and grow your people. And I, I totally subscribe to, to her, uh, her philosophy, for sure. Good. Well, I'll have to let her know. Uh, Whitney, you got a nice plug today, <laughs> but you get some every day. Um, so why don't we start off with just tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Whitewater Consulting and the companies that you serve. So I founded Whitewater Consulting about three years ago. And, and the, the reason that I wanted to set the organization up was really my heart and my passion is serving small and mid-sized business owners. And I felt like that um, in the in the world of HR and, and everything that is people related. I thought that you know that is just I guess my my bottom line philosophy is Brian. The people are the company's greatest asset, and so oftentimes business owners are struggling with that that part of their business. And so I just really wanted to set up an organization that would allow me to really to stay engaged with, with my community that I've been a part of really for the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so from that, um, what we typically are doing right now, we really try to be very um, flexible when it comes to what's going on within the market. 
And so when I first started the company, we really helped a lot of our clients focus in on helping them attract and retain key um, key employees. And then, as you know, when the pandemic hit, there was a flood of, um, of talent that was on the market at that point. And so the the really the needs within the the community shifted to where they just needed to be able to to be able to survive and then ultimately be able to thrive again. So we helped them kind of navigate that course as far as how to go about getting PPP loans and, and helping them through that process. Today, we really are helping organizations really focus back in today on the company culture, as well as talent acquisition and how we can best position the company for the future of work. I imagine you're pretty popular these days. <laughs> it is a fascinating time to be in the industry, for sure. I love what we're doing right now, and I really am grateful for the, for the opportunity that our clients give us to be able to serve and support them. So I have conversations with business owners almost every single day, and I, I whenever I can, from you know a, a local retailer to somebody who's running a you know fifty million dollar company, and I'm fascinated with the obstacles that are in front of them and how they, how they navigate, you know, getting around those obstacles. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody who owns a wholesale business and uh, he was making a delivery. I mean, he runs a fairly big company uh, and he was making a delivery to my house. It was, it was uh, trees that he was bringing. And uh, I didn't know he was the owner of the company. And uh, boy, I, you know, we started talking and whatnot. And uh, he, uh, he said, yeah, I, I own the company. And I thought, wow, you really do get your, your hands dirty. You know, we kind of laughed at it. And he said, no, my driver, one of my drivers didn't show up today. And so we got into it. And I said, you know, is that an industry-wide problem? And he said, you have no idea. Because I spoke to a guy yesterday. He has 19 trucks uh, as part of his business. Yesterday, he had four drivers. So here's a question before we even get into the to the book, because I just don't understand. I don't have the answer to what has happened to our labor pool. I mean, we are we are back now to where we are at uh, almost record lows in terms of unemployment. Is it just, you know, but but on the flip side, we've had 10 million people um, who have filed that business applications to start their own company. Now, is that one of the big reasons why we have this this great labor shortage in 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 America because people are starting their own companies or is it a combination of things but why can't growing companies find skilled workers I think that's I mean when, when you look at that Brian I think that that is a really a combination of a lot of our practices over the last, probably over the last 20 years. Um, and the fact that uh, when it comes to, I think a lot of the trades, as well as, you know, a lot of the the type of work that needs to be done that really requires um, our the use of our hands and and to be able to, to be not only customer facing, but also to be able, to your point, to the business you talked about, delivering of trees. Uh, that type of work, I think that a lot of times people feel like, they are, that's not something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we look at our work pool today, uh, the workforce is really, in a lot of ways, are, is, is, has been in a really good spot from a financial perspective. 
So I think they're being really, really selective on, you know, the type of organizations that they are willing to, to go to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, that's one of the things, again, we, we've had such a, a real focus over the last 20 years. Everyone needs to go to college. Um, you know, this, this type of work with the trades is something that is, that's, that is, you know, 1980s type of work that, that's being done back then. Mm-hmm. And I think that our, our, there is a great opportunity, I think, um, to really start to shift away from the, the uh, college to more of a trades to really develop that workforce because so many that are in that today, Brian, are, are boomers. Um, and we yeah. are retiring at a really fast clip right now. So there's a real gap as far as the type of work you know, that needs to be done. And we need more people in that space. So I think that's part of the issues that we've got. I want to continue that conversation, but I do want to get into your book. So unprecedented, building a multi-generational business on trust, respect, and the valuing of people. What, what possessed you to write a book during the pandemic? And, and do, do you always want to write one? <laughs> that is such a great question. The answer to that is no. I had no desire um, for many years. I had no desire about writing a book. That that thought never crossed my mind. However, as the pandemic hit and, and things began to slow down just a little bit, um, I really was concerned, you know, obviously being a small business owner and had relatively only been in business for just about a year when the pandemic hit. Uh-huh. And I was really concerned about whether that could be a death nail for, for our company. And the reality was it actually was a huge blessing for uh, for our business because it opened up um, the opportunities really to be able to talk to people, you know, in California versus just staying within within the our geogra- I guess our geographic area being the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and so as part of the uh, time that I had to, to really spend some time in my office and and prepare for some of the transitions that we were having to make as far as going from in person to virtual, um, I really began to think that you know, this is a great opportunity to really sit down and start to write and be introspective as far as how were things, again, for 20 years ago, 40 years ago, I grew up in a family-owned business. I, I remember the, the the relationship that we had with our employees, and it was more of a family and as a community uh, versus you know the, the way things have been you know over the last five to 10 years. And I started really thinking, writing and, and putting my thoughts down as far as those chasms that I'm seeing right now and how things have evolved over the last 20 years. But the, the chasm of trust, the, the chasm of employees being disengaged with the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it, what if I found was, was that you know, the, what, the way we feel at work, we carry that home with us. And so that has an impact on our personal view of ourselves as well as our, our families as well. So I just started writing down. I really was not paying attention to what was being written, but I was just getting up, getting into that practice of journaling and, and putting some thoughts down. And after about 90 days, maybe 90 to 120 days, I started going back and rereading some of the comments that I've been journaling. And there were some common threads that kind of went together. And it really, you know, in that moment when we're in the middle of the pandemic, I started looking at, you know, really the issues that we that I was addressing in the writing and then focusing that back on from a solution standpoint. Where do we go with this? And it starts with leadership. So 
I, I took the writings and sent it to a couple of uh, editors for them to look at. And um, I had a couple that actually came back and said, we think that this is the perfect time to, to put a book together. And so we began that journey. So the writing started really in January of 2020. Um, I'm sorry, January of 2021. Mm-hmm. And from there, it has uh, just coming to completion at this point. So it's been a good 15 you know, months of, uh, of writing and, and, and editing. So I'm really, really excited about the end product. So as you're putting this book together, <clears throat> did you have a, a reader persona? You know, who, who, who did you write the book for? So the book is really, and again, my heart and my passion is working with entrepreneurs and small and mid, small mm-hmm. and mid-sized uh, business owners, mm-hmm. and so that's really where my my focus was was writing this um, to those people because I feel like that there's a lot of people in our world today that have ideas they will, they want to be able to to start a business they want to be an entrepreneur. But mm-hmm. oftentimes we let fear, uncertainty, and doubt prevent us from moving forward on launching that business. And so I wanted to be able to really write a book that was going to be encouraging for them or and inspiring for them to be able to take that step and to launch. Uh, and at the same time, really want to be able to use some of my personal failures that I had as an entrepreneur uh, to be able to share those mistakes with the small and mid-sized business owners to help really give them a tool that they could have to maybe give them some guidance on how, you know, they can navigate these times that we're in and not make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. Wow. I love it. You know, I've got a chance to look at the book in advance, which comes out in uh, actually in a week. I'm dating the podcast now, but you're kind of taking a unique approach to launching the book, right? You're not doing it in a traditional manner. We have decided to bring the book out initially in the form of an ebook, um, which will be launching on Amazon May the 9th. And then um, probably around the 23rd, 24th of May, we'll be releasing the, um, the print version of the book. Just in time for summer, a good summer read. <laughs> for all of us that, uh, yeah, that like to, to take a, a week and go to the beach or to get on vacation, uh, the book is really is a really, it's an easy read. And, uh, and I think that it will be something that will generate a lot of conversations um, you know, for uh, business owners and with their employees as well. I like it. Um, what do you want readers to get out of the book? Like what, what, hey, here are a handful of takeaways that I think that are most critical for you to recognize. I think that's a great question, Brian. And I think that to start with, you know, as I look at the, the business owners that I have talked to over the last two years and look at the challenges that they've listed out, I think so many of the issues that they are dealing with, it, they have to come back to themselves as a leader. That's mm-hmm. where the solutions are being found. So I think the way that leaders are going to be leading their people the most effectively post-pandemic has changed significantly from the way they led their organizations beforehand. And I think that we have to recognize that our, again, if I can have one wish, um, it would be that leaders would start to see their employees from a holistic perspective, see them not just as a employee that works for that company, but see them from the personal side as well, and be able to really bridge that gap. Um, Because oftentimes we've had a real delineation between an employee work 
an employee personal. And I think we've got to break that wall down and, and bring those two together so we can see them from the holistic standpoint so that the employee can bring the best version of themselves to work every day. But I think when you do that from the leadership, it also helps bridge that gap of, tr- of lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And so it really helps the, um, that, that relationship build trust and also build respect both ways from the, the employer to the employee, seeing them as a great asset. And then also from the employee, you know, looking at them, their leader as someone that can really help move them toward a common vision that they have for the work that they're doing every day, which is where we spend the majority of our time. So we want that, that deep seated, that purpose to be uh, fulfilling. So I'm old school, right? I'm, well, maybe I'm just old, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, you think about where we came from, right? And, and that was one person working for one company for 30, 35 years, you get the gold watch, you retire, right? And then, uh, you know, employee, the employment evolved and then it became, okay, well, you're going to work for maybe three or four companies. And now we are in a world where, you know, the younger Gen X and Gen Z are, they're working for three or four companies at a time. You know, they're they're a dog walker, they're a PowerPoint, they make PowerPoint presentations um, they style hair and, you know, and, and they'll do all of that at the same time. Um, it, it, it really is a leap, right. For, for a company, for an entrepreneurial leader to say, I'm, I want to get to know the whole employee because I don't know how long that employee is going to be with my company. Now I will tell you, I've had on a previous podcast and a webcast, a gentleman named Jeff Foster, who's in North Carolina and runs a world-class company. I mean, he is one of my favorite entrepreneurs to speak about. He does embrace that whole entrepreneur, the whole employee philosophy. And his business grew tremendously during the pandemic. But is that the, the aberration and not the norm? Because I think a lot of business owners today they don't have the time, they don't have the resources to invest in the whole employee, and they don't know how long they're going to hold on to that employee, right? That's the challenge. It is a great challenge that they have. And again, I think, so we can look at that from two perspectives. I think you can look at it to say, that is the greatest, that's a great challenge that they have. And they may not have the time or the resources or maybe even the, the skill set to be able to make that leap. Mm. But I think that the pandemic has given us such a great opportunity. And for me, it's probably a once in a lifetime opportunity to reset. So we have the opportunity right now not to continue to do things the way we've always done it, but to have an opportunity to really recreate what we want our new norms to be as we go forward. So we have, we have a chance really to really focus back in on, again, not just on, for example, just on profits, our, our KPI that we look at as an as a owner is what is our profitability for the year? And I think that this gives us the opportunity right now to really um, have a new vision for how we want to lead the organization. And it ties back into your people, ties back into your culture and ties back into the ultimate mission of, of the company. And so 
to your point about you know not knowing how long you're going to be able to keep people and the fact that impl- the people today are working three jobs in the gig economy, especially. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the causes for the fact that one of the rises um, and, the, and has contributed to the number of people in that in space right now is because they were not being, they did not personally feel fulfilled in the work that they were doing in that corporate setting or with that, in that business, the role that they played. And I think that there is such a desire right now as we come through the pandemic for people, they want that personal fulfillment. Um, and, and I think that there's great opportunities to be able to align um, the corporate mission as well as what the employee's personal mission are. And if you can give them a roadmap on how they can continue to grow and develop their skills, I think that's going to build loyalty and it's going to build uh, commitment from the employee to the company. You're going to retain people for a much longer period of time. Uh, and I agree with you. And I think that is, though, that is something that you cannot go into half-heartedly. Now, yeah. I mean, you know, when you start to talk about an employee's personal life and mental health issues come up and, and financial issues come up, you know, you can't say, oh, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Break is over. Get back to work. Right. It, it's, it's a, I mean, you have to fully embrace and this is not so this is not something that a business can go into lightly. They really have to map out the path that you're talking about, right? It is a major paradigm shift for the uh, for the business owner and it's one that uh, they do, they have to really take a look at really where are we going as um, as a workforce and looking at the future of work because I think that if they want to remain relevant uh, 3 years, 5 years, 10 years from now, They've got to make that pivot right now. Um, I, I feel like that the ones that that make the pivot, um, they're going to be the organizations that are going to continue to attract and retain the highest quality of employees, and they're going to get the most productivity out of them, and they're going to be the most successful not only financially but also with to all of their stakeholders. Uh, and I think that's really important. So, there, there, it, it's it's one that the command and control. Management style, I think, is going to very quickly phase out. And I'm not saying that that's going to be out as far as, you know, when you look at industries like healthcare or you look at industries, for example, like the military, you've got to have a command and control. You've got to have a hierarchy to be able to run those organizations. But I think for the most part, within the small to mid-sized community, especially, um, that we've got to be able to come back and focus on on the people and recognize they are the greatest asset that, that you have. Um, and they're the ones that are going to help you carry out the mission and the vision of your company. I like it. So I'm looking at your, your chapters that you have in your book, Unprecedented, uh, and you start right away. Well, you have the introduction, but then your next chapter is how business leadership needs to change, which we talked about. And then it's understanding the needs of each generation, which I love. HR best practices. But then the fifth chapter, you talk about how to outsource. So I guess, and that's that struck me. That's kind of like, okay, which one of these doesn't belong? Because you talk about, right? Okay, we're going to build this great team and we're going to nurture our company culture and we're going to... We're going to, you know, build it on a level of trust and mutual respect. No, by the way, we're outsourcing this part of our business. (laughs) (laughs) So how does that fit in? 
So I think that when it comes to human resources and particularly, again, focusing back in on our community that we are so passionate about serving, I think that when it comes to HR, that is an area that we really, as owners um, or as, and even as leaders, we really struggle in that area because we don't have the skill sets to be able to have those type of conversations and really to be able to get almost warm and fuzzy with our people. And I think that um, when it comes to HR, we have a tendency to be very reactive in that area versus being proactive. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, ultimately, I think HR is one of those uh, parts of the, the uh, organization. You really need to have a clear path on how you're going to handle your human resources uh, function as you launch the company. Because um, as soon as you hire that first and second employee, your world changes because the world of being an employer is completely different than that of being an entrepreneur. So my thought process over the last 20 years is I've been, we've been able to help a lot of organizations outsource their, their HR to a third party's APEO, for example. Mm-hmm. And, and all you're really doing in that case, Brian, you're really outsourcing a lot of the transactional aspects of HR, mm-hmm. which still leaves you from a business owner and a leader perspective. You still have management control over the employees, and you also have that day-to-day interaction. So it really frees you up and gives you more time and resources to be able to focus on development of the culture of your business. So I see that as, as even though it may, it could be a, seen as being a, a one, one of these does not fit. I see this all fitting together to really give the business owner the best opportunity to make this pivot and to be successful. And I actually, I agree. Uh, you know, there's a great uh, mantra, do what you do best and outsource the rest, uh, which, which is something that I espouse to a lot of our uh, clients and, and followers and, and uh, you know, people that we interact with. Yeah, it's just one of those. I, I love that philosophy of, of, of delegate and elevate. Um, yeah. As a leader, you just want to continue to, to raise, your, raise your level within the organization and, and, and be able to continue to develop your people so that they can handle um, you know, the day-to-day task and, and be able to, I think, the, the philosophy of you know, be very careful with the selection of your people, train your people, trust mm-hmm. your people, and empower them. You know, your last three chapters, too, uh, 8, 9, and 10, communication within the workplace, changing the company culture, the next step is yours. And I think about the millions of business owners that are out there today, and they would look at that and say, Brian, Chuck, I just don't have the time. You know, that's, the, that's probably the biggest struggle that most of my listeners are, are thinking about right now. Hey, I I would love to change my company culture. I would love to have better communications within the workplace. But you know what? I am so jammed up right now with my work and employees not showing up. And you know what I mean? It's uh, it's the struggle. So how do you how do you get companies to change the way they think about the path that they're on? And and these these, you know, very high level um, conversations communication, company culture, mapping the future, as opposed to short term? So I think that that is also, I mean, that's a great question, because when you look, when I think back over the conversations, and I've had 
hundreds of conversations with business owners over the last two years. You know, they've listed out all of the challenges that they are facing mm-hmm. as a, from their role. And so what's really interesting about that is the, the greatest, one of the greatest questions that they asked was, yeah, I'm trying to run and operate a profitable business or I'm trying to run a business and keep it profitable today, but I've got all these unexpected challenges that are coming at me right now. Where do I start? And so that kind of ties into your question, you know, about, you know, how does a business owner do this? First of all, I think that the journey of being an entrepreneur, the journey of being a small business owner is not meant to do it alone. So this is where I feel like in many cases, a business owner just needs to stop and breathe, mm-hmm. um, and then be able to really um, look at what are the greatest challenges that they have as a business and be able to work with. And, and in many cases, this requires them bringing a third party in yeah. to help have that conversation. Um, and that's one of the reasons that you know, I'll give a plug to, um, to Matt uh, Doherty and also to Vistage and organizations like that. I'm a huge advocate for organizations like Vistage because I believe that small business owners need to have a community that they can come to to bring their challenges and their problems and be able to get feedback and get counsel from a group of of other people that are sitting in very similar seats that they are. So I think that that's one of the things that that would be a huge investment for a lot of small businesses that would be pay great, a great ROI for them. So I think one is you stop, you ascertain what is most important and what's the most pressing issues that you have. And then from there, you begin to implement. And in many cases, Brian, it starts with, is your number one objective? Is it to, is a strategy for your organization or is it your people? What are your greatest challenges you've got? Itemize and prioritize those and then begin to put together a plan on how we're going to address those. And it's not something that we have to do immediately. It's something that we're going to do over this next quarter, the next six months, and the next 12 months. You and I had an offline conversation, and I wrote something down that you said, because I'm eventually going to turn it into a blog post. So I have to give you credit for it in advance. I think you gave me three ideas for blog posts, but (laughs) this one was great. I'm going to call it peer groups and the pandemic, why every business owner should be part of one. And I, I, I couldn't agree more because we are we have been in uncharted waters for the last two years. Right. Think about all of the things that popped up, not only in the pandemic, but in the recovery. Unexpected. You said that unexpected you know, events that occur and that you didn't plan for or didn't expect. But if you have a, a, either a peer group or advisory board or somebody like Matt um, on your team, they can see things that you don't see. You, know, you might have a 90 to 180 degree view of your business by bringing in people and bring in diversity of thought. Yes. Right? Make sure that the people who are on your board represent your customers and represent all of the different people in your ecosystem. So have women on your board if you're a man. Have Black people, if you're a white person, or Asian people, have old people if you're young, and young people if you're old, because they'll be able to see and hear things that you don't. And that's where I think you can introduce what you're talking about, that, that you know, changing the company culture and 
you know, taking taking a long term view of your business and where you want to be three years and five years from now. Absolutely. And, you know, for those that um, that don't feel like that they've got the the resources to be able to be a part of a peer group. I've also, you know, as we've gone through the pandemic, I've also suggested to a lot of our clients that they use their own internal management team as to, as a starting point. Mm-hmm. And then. And then as they begin to, to really mature in that, to look at bringing in a, um, some outside advisors, whether it be vendors or customers or just outside people, consultants that can help them give different perspectives. And, and I think that to your, what you just laid out, Brian, as far as bringing in a diversity uh, is really, really important in today's world uh, for not only for giving us the best view of things today, but again, looking at the future, I think that's going to be uh, organizations that do that are going to find that they're going to thrive and the success that they're going to have is going to be much more sustainable. The future will be much more diverse than the past. I it, think. Absolutely. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. So, all right. Now, you, since you brought up Matt Doherty, he wrote the forward for you, book. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, okay. I'm honored so, that he chose that he accepted that that invite. What 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 did the first nine people say? Did they just they <laughs> do it? I can't you know, I can't mention <laughs> that without busting a stop. Hi, uh, exactly. <laughs> I so what I did, Brian, is I really looked at uh, a list of qualifications that I really would desired, um, and when I looked at, I wanted somebody to write the forward because I didn't know whether this was going to be my one and only book. And so if it was, I wanted somebody that I had a great deal of respect for. Yeah. I wanted somebody that was going to be humble, that had gone through some really difficult times and had grown from that. Um, and was willing to be transparent enough to be able to share how that growth took place mm-hmm. and to see the fruits from that. Yeah. And I also think for me personally, faith is a really uh, is at the heart of who I am. So I wanted somebody that had a strong faith background as well. So yeah. when I looked at the qualifications that I had, Matt checked every box plus more. And so I, whenever I reached out to him uh, and asked him, uh, I was really uh, I was honored that he uh, that he said yes to do this. It, it, Matt has hired me to keep his feet on the ground right? <laughs> because he, he you know, if, if he started to believe all the accolades he got, he would uh, his head would be bigger than it is. So we all we all need people like you, Brian. We all need people that will speak truth into our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, this has been fantastic, Chuck. I, I love your book. I love your approach to business. And um, I think that you. Every every growing entrepreneurial company should have a Chuck Cooper. That, that they talk to that can kind of help them navigate the, you know, the future and, and, and ask those important questions. I think our world, the world of work and the future of work is something, Brian, that uh, it's just, it's, it has changed so fast in the last two years. I see it as really being on the same track as what technology has been on. So I think the future of work is going to continue to evolve at a rapid pace um, as we move forward. So um it's again, we can't do this alone. We've got to have people around us to help give us guidance and perspective. So I know now some of my listeners are saying, okay, Brian, ask him how we can get in touch with him. So if people wanted to reach out to you, ask you questions, what's the best way for them to do that? Go to your website. We, 
So I, I think probably a couple of different ways. Um, and we try to make ourselves as accessible as possible. Um, so our website is whitewaterconsulting.net. Um, that's our, that's our company website. I also have a personal website now called chuckcooper.info. And there you can, uh, you can get my email and my cell phone number uh, to be able to reach out to. So the other thing we are on also social media platforms, we spend a great deal of time on LinkedIn. So please feel free to reach out and connect. So that's, those are probably the best ways to get in touch with. I'll make sure that we include all that in the resource page as well. And uh, of course, you can find the book you say uh, on Amazon, Unprecedented. Unprecedented is on Amazon or will be on Amazon officially May 9th. Right. And I told you, I said, the way I look at your book is Unprecedented, an entrepreneur's guide to the future. I love what I from our conversation, Brian, I love uh, so many of the nuggets you shared with me. And uh Although I was not able to uh, incorporate that into my uh, subtitle at that point, I've yeah. got some some plans to use that um, as we move forward. Yeah, well, we just did. I had to get it out there because I love it. I love it. And I'm definitely going to recommend it to people. Chuck Cooper, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, we love having you on. We want to have you back. You're going to become one of our uh, resident experts you know, when it comes to employees and engagement, hiring and retaining. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll come back on the show. I appreciate the opportunity and would love to come back and it's been an honor to be with you today. Good. Thank you. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much uh, for all your feedback, your suggestions, for listening to the Small Business Edge podcast. We appreciate everything. You know how to reach me, Brian, at smallbusinessedge.com or you can check us out on any of the social media platforms and uh, keep those suggestions coming. And we will see you next week for another edition of the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.